1: Let's get moving with Maria. Inspiration to spend a few minutes each day to get moving on the small things that can make a big difference in your life.
2: Thank you for joining me today for Let's Get Moving. You know, for most of us, healthy eating starts when we actually get our food. Now, some of us have gardens with veggies, but for the most part, we're getting our food from the grocery store. And today on Let's Get Moving, we're talking about tips for smart grocery shopping. With me is Alex Turoff, who is a registered dietitian and co-founder of Dietitian Business Collective. And Alex, again, thanks for being with me today. Thank you for having me. So probably even more important than where we're getting our groceries is maybe putting together a good grocery list. So when we're thinking about eating healthier, what kinds of things should be on that list to make sure that we're setting ourselves up very well for the week?
0: Absolutely. So I always recommend going into the grocery store knowing what you're going to buy for so many reasons. Number one, it saves money. Number two, you can ensure you have what you need on hand. And it it eliminates distractions where you start to see things and they sound good and you buy them, but you don't really need them. So as far as a grocery list, number one, I would think about how frequently you can go food shopping and start to learn your, if you have a family or if you're living alone, how much food do you use in a, in a typical week? So I like to think about how many days per week do you usually eat out or order in? So we can start to think strategically about food waste as well. I like to hit all of the main categories. So when you're building your plate, I like to start with focusing on protein as the star. So what sort of proteins do you want to purchase for the week? One great way to do that is to look at what's on sale at your store and be strategic about shopping the proteins that are on sale for the week. So that number one, you can have a variety of things over time, especially if you have freezer space, This is a great way to save money, but also make sure that you always have backup in case you can't get to the store. So I'd like to start with the protein as the center. And then we can start to think about building meals around that. So if we have a protein, then we're going to need some sort of veggie or produce on the plate. So what sounds good with that particular protein? Let's say you're getting salmon for the week. I might do something like a green bean or some kind of vegetable that you can cook alongside of it. So I want you to think about now building that plate out. And then the, the other star of the plate is going to be some sort of carbohydrate serving. Ideally, it's going to be a high fiber carb, like a sweet potato or a grain or a bean. So building out your plate so there's variety and that it's going to keep you full. And then the fun parts are the condiments. So I like to call them accessories. So you can accessorize with the condiment. People will buy so many different condiments and not use them. Buy one at a time that you know you're going to use. So having a good barbecue sauce on hand is really helpful. A good stir fry or teriyaki sauce I think is helpful. Some kind of red sauce. So that you're covering your bases. And then the spices and seasonings are stuff that you really won't have to buy every week. But you should have a good blend of spices and seasonings in your cabinet. And then you just refill them when you need them or you see something that sounds interesting. And then, you know, thinking about your snacking habit. So a lot of times we just buy a bunch of different snacks and we're not thinking about how we're going to use them. But an afternoon snack is something that I think most people benefit from to help kind of curb your appetite until dinner and keep the blood sugar stable. So can you do like a piece of fruit and something on the side? So, either a protein or a fat. So a string cheese, hummus, guacamole, some kind of other carb, let's say full grain crackers with a spread is a really good option. So those are your smart snacks. And then maybe pick up one fun snack that you can have throughout the week
2: probably my biggest fault is I know we need to eat healthier so I buy all the healthy foods but as in the rest of my life I'm always overdoing things like I go in and I buy a bunch of healthy vegetables I get my proteins I do some of the things that you talked about but then I almost have too much and not enough time to really fulfill my goal of eating healthy and then I fall back on something super happy like a quesadilla. Yes.
0: And then the guilt sets in. So I also say know yourself. So if a quesadilla is something that you love, there are so many ways to do that in a healthy way. And it's a really convenient food. So getting like a better quality tortilla, higher fiber tortilla, a lower fat cheese, and then a protein. So either black beans, which are great because if you don't use them, they're not going to go bad for a long time, or even a rotisserie chicken so that at least you can get that. And then You could do a little side salad would be wonderful on the side. But if you can't do that, even I'm thinking like they have these pre-made despachos would go really well with that or some kind of soup to get some veggies in. But it doesn't have to be this beautiful, perfect plate as we think, but try to cover those bases of the protein, fat, carbs, and then color from veggies.
2: When I think of veggies, I think most of the time that they need to be really fresh or they're not going to be doing their job. But is that kind of a myth? I mean, are we still getting good nutrition when we buy, say, canned vegetables or frozen vegetables?
0: Yes. So many people have this fear of canned foods and frozen foods. And I think, you know, back in the day, there weren't nearly as many options as there are now. So we're kind of just going with this myth that's been passed down and passed down. There are things to look out for, though. So the first thing to say is that actually frozen vegetables are oftentimes going to be even more fresh, so to speak, than getting a vegetable at a farmer's market. Because what happens with frozen vegetables is they pick them at the peak of ripeness and then freeze them in their state. So they're almost like a fossil. They're in the same state that they were when they left the farm. So as far as freshness, There is going to be taste differences and texture differences. And I think that's really the biggest thing. And people just don't really prefer frozen vegetables because they can get a little mushy. But I think knowing which vegetables hold up well frozen can really help. Something like a string bean is a great frozen vegetable. Something like frozen broccoli, not my favorite because there's so much water that comes out when you defrost them that they just become a mushy vet. So not needing to fear vegetables but also knowing what your preferences are and some vegetables just don't taste as great frozen but they're not necessarily any less nutritious you can look for the vegetables that are just in their whole natural state rather than covered in the sauce that's going to be a really good way to go you can always add your own sauce but typically the ones that they put aren't the best if you're looking at the ingredients label if you're buying broccoli the only ingredient should be broccoli
2: So what about the canned items then? What do we need to be looking at when we're buying canned items?
0: So canned items, there's going to be not as big of a selection as frozen vegetables. The biggest issue with canned that I hear people fearful of is the sodium. Because even if you think about back in the day, the way that we used to preserve our food was we would just throw a ton of salt in it and it would preserve it. So the same thing is happening with canned Now we do have low-sodium versions of things. And to be honest, many people don't need to worry too, too much about their salt intake, especially if you're getting salt from a vegetable. So really, where people tend to overdo sodium is in a lot of processed foods and fast foods. But I would so much rather someone get a canned vegetable, have a little extra sodium, and actually eat the vegetable than avoid it because of something like sodium. And many people don't even need to worry about sodium in the first place. If you have high blood pressure, that would be a big consideration, or any you know any number of chronic diseases. But for the most part, we don't have to worry. And if you are, you can always go with the low sodium version, or you can give it a little rinse in a strainer to get some of that salt out.
2: I buy definitely more canned vegetables than I do frozen vegetables. But one of the things that happened to me is that they get a can will get pushed to the back of the the pantry, and the best or the best by date has expired. And I, then I wonder, well, is this really not safe for me to eat?
0: Yes. Yeah. So there's two dates that you'll usually see, a best by date, and then you'll sometimes see a use by or expiration date. So the best by date is really when the food is supposed to be at the best quality. So after that best by date, the food starts to decline in quality, which could be texture or taste but it's not necessarily unsafe to eat past then. We want to avoid eating things past the expiration date, but the best by date you can still get away with it, but you're going to have to there use your judgment. There's not a hard and fast rule. So non-perishable foods, so canned goods, those are usually pretty safe to eat past their best by date unless there's something wrong with the packaging. If the can is dented for example, but what I would suggest is opening it, giving it a little smell. Look at the color. Is it if it's green, it should still be green. If it's red, it shouldn't be another color. And if it if it looks good, it smells good. It, it should be safe to eat past then. As far as frozen foods, they're also usually safe to eat past their best by date, but a lot of times freezer burn can happen or texture changes. So that's what you're looking at. The one the place where you really want to be the most careful is going to be dairy or perishable foods, so yogurt, milk, fresh meat, I would suggest for those things, use them as close to the best by date as possible. You might have a couple more days before it's a health risk, but that's really where the big concern lies. But canned foods, frozen foods, use them past the, the use by date and just give them a little check.
2: I want to go back to frozen foods for just a second because I have seen many of my co-workers who are quite a bit younger than me bringing in frozen meals, but they're not the same frozen meals that my mom used to serve. Um, they mm-hmm. uh, they're, uh, they look healthier. I'm not sure that they are healthier. And what would you have to say about frozen meals?
1: I'm Dave Colley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold.
0: Yeah, they've come a long way, and I think it's they're a really great option for some people. My main gripe with frozen meals is I'm always hungry after them. I tend to be hungry. They're not big enough. And if, if we look at them, so there's a lot of brands like a Lean Cuisine. Those are the ones that have been around forever. Healthy Choice. And some of them you can tell by flipping over the package and looking at the nutrition label. This is where understanding how many calories you need per day can really come in handy. So, for example, if we know that you need 2,000 calories per day to look and feel your best, then if some if and you have three meals per day to distribute those calories, if something has 150 calories, that's probably not going to do it for you. So, having a sense, I would say a very rough rule because we're all different, is somewhere around 500 calories as a baseline to work up or down from. Is going to be like a minimum for most people for a lunch or dinner. So if something has 200 calories, it's probably not going to be big enough. Now, you could use the frozen meal as a base and then add things to it, or you can have two. So that's one thing to look at. But food companies have caught on that people want convenient things. So a lot of them have started really adding more to their lineup. And they've added protein options and they've added cauliflower rice and all these things that are trendy but are also really healthy. So I would definitely be open to looking at some frozen meals, just knowing that, understanding how much is right for you. Because what happens is if you don't eat enough at a meal, you're hungry and then you're looking for a bunch of junk and you start grazing all day. And we want to avoid that. Yeah. But they're definitely great options.
2: Grazing is definitely probably the biggest issue with most of us. Well, one thing I wanted to mention before I forget is I did check out your ultimate healthy Trader Joe's shopping list and was really impressed with it. Talk for a second about what you were thinking when you put together this list.
0: Thank you. So I am based in New York City and Trader Joe's is all over. But one of the stores that many of my clients like is Trader Joe's because a lot of them are working, they're busy, and Trader Joe's has all of these kind of fun products that you can throw together for a meal. So I really put it together as a resource for my clients that I work with who are always asking. And there's a lot of confusion about what foods are okay, what foods are bad, processed foods, organic. There's so much to think about when you go to the grocery store. So curating a list by a dietitian, people find it really helpful to know okay, this is this is the proof. This is a food that I can incorporate. And I like to go, what I'll do on my social media is I'll go to a store like Trader Joe's and as I'm shopping, I'll share how I would use the product. So that's something that I can do in real time. And it gives people ideas of things that maybe they would have written off as being unhealthy or they wouldn't know how to incorporate it. So that's sort of the inspiration for that
2: yeah I would encourage people to take a look at your list. Um I think it's fun because there are a lot of items that I didn't even know that Trader Joe's had that I'm definitely going to consider buying now to just to kind of get out of the food rut. I think sometimes we just make same things over and over again, even though we have you know Instagram that's inspiring us to try different recipes we We still fall back into that rut. We
0: save tons of recipes that we never make them. so I think just seeing. You know, I like to demonstrate a lot with my meals so that I can show people, here's a, here's a good idea of something that you might not have even noticed because you we go to the store and we go straight to the foods that we know. So, yeah, that's thank you so much. I really appreciate that feedback.
2: At the end, we'll tell folks where they can find out more about you and find this shopping list if they'd like to take a look as well. The thing that I was going to ask you about is the word organic. Mm-hmm. For most of my adult life, I have just felt like the word organic – just was meant to increase the price of whatever I was buying. I've been really skeptical. As a journalist, it's been one of those things. And in the past, there's been good reason to be skeptical about whether things were really organic. Talk about organic. And is it something we really should be looking for or striving to buy? Ooh,
0: this is such a big one. And it gets people really riled up. So It does, <laughs> doesn't right it? You are to be a little skeptical. Yes. And And people have opinions and they're really, really strongly held. So I like, again, I always like to explain why I'm suggesting things. I personally don't prioritize organic when I am shopping. That is a decision that I've made. The health and safety of a product is first and foremost. Is this food safe to consume? Is this food going to harm my health? And studies have shown that organic foods are not more healthy, or safe than conventional foods. We have to remember that organic industry is an industry, so your thought about increasing the price is a big part of it. Now, the main key issues between organic and conventional or regular foods are going to come down to their farming methods. So it has to do with which pesticides are allowed to be used. Organic does still use pesticides. They just use different pesticides than conventional. So that's, I think, a big myth is organic doesn't use any pesticides. They still can and they still do, but they're different. And they do tend to use different farming methods that can allow them to use less pesticides or fewer pesticides. And over the years, there has been a lot of concern about pesticides in our food. When we look at the studies, there doesn't seem to be any issue with in- Regular consumption. So if you have now, let's say you have 50 pounds of strawberries in a day, which tend to have more pesticides than other fruits, that might become an issue over time. But when we're eating in a regular pattern, there is no issue that has been discovered by science with eating conventional. And price is a big thing for many people in this country. And I really get upset when I see or I hear people not eating fruits or vegetables or protein because they're scared because they can't afford the organic. So I want to definitely make that clear. Now, if, you, if you're if you like, you know what? I don't trust it. I'd rather be safe. I can't afford the organic. That's totally fine, too. Or let's say you prefer the taste. Some, some foods will taste different if they're organic or conventional. So if that's you, that's totally fine. But we do not have to be scared of conventional foods. And there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes that does have to do with profits at the end of the day.
2: Right. Before I let you go, I want I want to just talk about uh, the pitfalls of grocery shopping, uh, maybe time of day or whether you're hungry or what do you see as uh, being some of the greatest pitfalls when it comes to grocery shopping?
0: Yes. Yeah, the, the key is don't go hungry. I know people hear that all the time. But really, like if you are hungry... Same thing if you're ordering on a menu and you have an eaten all day, everything looks good to you. So you start to buy a lot of things that you don't need. So I would make that recommendation. As far as when the grocery store is going to be the most pleasant, you don't want to go on a Sunday. That's when everyone tends to go, or even a Saturday. If you can avoid it, that would be my suggestion. Of course, that's when most people have the time to go to the grocery store, so not always possible. I'm a big proponent of online grocery shopping. Many people have a couple of stores that they frequent. Like I like to go to Trader Joe's, but they don't have everything. Or you might want to pick up one or two things at Whole Foods and then go to a regular supermarket. And then your food shop, it's like all day by the time you're done. So I like to do one order, one online grocery order to be delivered on a Sunday. So I'm prepped and stocked for the week. And then sometimes I'll go to one, maybe I'll go to the farmer's market or I'll go to Trader Joe's to pick up a few other odds and ends. And I think that's a great option. It can be sometimes be more expensive because there's a delivery fee. But think about how much time you're saving by not having to go to the grocery store and what that time is worth. So the opportunity cost of your time and how much extra stuff you buy when
2: you go to the grocery store because you just see it. No doubt about that for sure. Uh, Alex, before we let you go, uh, any final thoughts? All of us are trying to eat healthier. Most of us are trying to eat healthier. Any final thoughts for folks?
0: Yeah, I think understanding how to read a nutrition label sounds silly, but it really, really, really will help you because when you're going to the store and you're trying to decide, is this a, a good food or a bad food? There is no such thing as good or bad food. It just context matters. So is this good for energy? Is this good for weight loss? Well, it depends what your needs are. And if you have no idea how much protein you need per day, how do you know if a food is a good source of protein? So I would suggest I have a lot of free resources on figuring out your nutrition needs on my website and on Instagram. Get an idea of how much protein you need per day. Very roughly for people listening, if you took your body weight in pounds and you multiplied it by 0.7, you'll get your protein goal for the day. If you were 200 pounds, multiply that by 0.7, and you'll get your protein goal for the day. It will be about 140 grams per day. And you can use that to kind of determine whether things will, how they fit into your day. So that would be my main suggestion is get comfortable with the food label, revisit it, and it will really help simplify your choices.
2: And Alex, how do people find your website and your Instagram? Yeah, so you can find my
0: website. It's alexterroffnutrition.com, and that's A-L-I-X. And on Instagram, I am alexterroff underscore RD, the registered dietitian. And if you go there, you can find all of my stuff.
2: Thank you so much for sharing your great advice today.
0: Thank you for having
2: me. And my guest today has been Alex Turoff, who is a registered dietitian and the co-founder of Dietitian Business Collective. And thanks for joining us for Let's Get Moving. Make sure you check out our great social posts on Instagram at Moving Maria or our Facebook page where we also offer some great recipe ideas. And, of course, you can find more episodes of Let's Get Moving on a variety of topics wherever you like to get your podcasts.
1: I'm Dave Cauley.